Hey guys, it's Ed. I'm coming to you live from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. And so here's the thing. I didn't plan on doing another episode probably until Friday. But shit just keeps getting weird. I, I, I just don't know how to explain it. Yesterday we had the random but sort of logical feud of Kelly Clarkson and Steve Harvey. Like I said, it's weird. I don't get it. Um, Kelly's never gone after anyone. She's never even tried to do the fake publicity thing. But um, Steve Harvey went after her anyways because his talk show was being bumped, whatever. So I was going about my business today, getting the shit done that I needed to get done, and what do you know? Kathy Griffin was like, hold my beer, random ass feud between Steve Harvey and Kelly Clarkson. I'm going to start my own random ass feud with Don Cheadle. Now, I always thought that these two were friends. You know, they're not like, he's not part of her act. Um, at least not from what I've seen or heard. <coughs> Sorry, I do have a bit of a cough now. I'm hoping it goes away. Uh, anyways. So, randomly, she tags him in a tweet and says, Oh, great, Don. I will never forgive you for your nasty tweet the day my smear campaign started. You know it was a fucking smear campaign and you never have, to, you have never taken a moment to apologize. Some liberal you are. Yes, my memory is long. My ex-friend, shame on you. I keep a list. Fear me. Who the fuck is she trying to be here? Donald Trump? I don't get it. Now, Kathleen Griffin is... Despite... Despite what people say about her, she is actually a very generous person. She's a very intelligent person, and she holds a lot of power. Um... Anyway, so Don Cheadle said, huh? And Kathy responded, huh? You're a dick in real life, but believe it or not, I truly hope what I went through never happens to you. Never. And if it did, I would be the first in line to stand up for you, get my ass on television, and do everything I could to defend you in the First Amendment. It's easy, Don. Still not understanding what the hell's going on here, um, Don Cheadle wrote, okay, Kathy... We had one conversation on a flight about our mutual disgust for individual. I don't friend that quickly, so we really can't be exes. I, had I been your friend and had you and had asked my opinion, I was a Kathy for your own sake. Please do not depict yourself holding the bloody severed head of the president, evoking Dash, Daniel Pearl, and every other painful, disturbing memory associated with it. Your first amendment, your first amendment rights notwithstanding, and had you said. Fuck you, I'm doing it anyways. I would have said, well, taking every opportunity to oppose him and support those looking to unsee him is defending you, albeit not your personal cringeworthy photo op. Apologize for a tweet. I'm sorry that you're still dealing with the aftershocks of your actions. It's egregious. Oh. He He finished by saying... This is six more than necessary answers to your Don's a dick because he didn't go on TV to champion me tweet. 
you want to rap offline, you know how that works. What? <laughs> I don't know what's happening right now. I mean, I, I do know that it is getting close to February, um, but Kathy Griffin doesn't have a TV show. Um, I'm trying to remember Don Cheadle. I know he had House of Lies with um, Kristen Bell. Um, I believe it was on Showtime, but I'm pretty sure that ended, so I don't think he has a TV show. I'm not aware of any project that they have that either one of them has. and So I don't know what this is all really about. Unless this is, uh, this is another symptom of Democrats and liberals turning on one another and fighting. Which is always a possibility here. But it's just... It's so random. Um, I don't know the actual characterization of their friendship. Like I said, um, he's never been in one of Cassie's shows that I've seen. Um, and, and she talks about a lot of celebrities. She talks about um, Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. Um, well, really all the Kardashians. Um, she talks about her time with Cher. Um, she used to talk about Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen. Um, and if you guys remember, she wrote really hard at Andy Cohen when he was like, who's that bitch? Talking about how he's a cokehead. Yeah, that's right. Daddy Andy is a cokehead, people. Let's not get this twisted. I'm going to go and try to wrap my head around this, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. Uh, and I'm coming back with some sad news. Um, as you no doubt have heard already, um, Carol Channing has died. Carol Channing was a Broadway legend. Um, she... It, it sounds cynical when I say it, but she really defined Broadway for a lot of people. She was a tough old broad um, who was really beloved by all. Um, um, Broadway actually did in their lights. I, they either did it tonight or they're doing it tomorrow. Or they're doing it both nights. I'm not sure. Um, but Broadway doesn't dim their lights for every star who passes. You have to be a big star, like, iconic for them to dim their lights for any amount of time. And I'm not, you know, somebody asked me the other day, how do you know so much about Broadway? First of all, bitch, I live on Broadway, okay? Secondly, I read and I... I know about this because I love musical theater. I am dying to go to the share show. If someone wants to, you know, surprise me with um, share show tickets or, you know, send me the money for them, I would love it. Thank you. <laughs> but back to Carol Channing. Um, she knew from a young age that she wanted to perform, and she really worked towards that goal. She is definitely someone who to, who should have been admired. And um, in a lot of ways, I think she should have been a bigger star than what she was. Um, one of her most iconic roles was as Dolly Levi in the original production of Hello, Dolly. And ironically, tomorrow, January... 16th would have been the 50th anniversary of the very first performance of Hello, Dolly. And it's just, to me, first of all, it's just very sad that she died, period. 
but it's even sadder that she didn't quite make it to that very special milestone. Um, she won a Tony for playing um, Dolly, as did Bette Midler um, last year, I believe, or the year before, um, when she revived, or when she started in the revival of Hello, Dolly. Um, sorry about that, guys. I know yesterday we had no cough. Today you get nothing but coughs. It, it, it's this damn weather change. It, like, hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, the cause of death was, isn't quite known for Carol, but, um, she was 97 years old. And I, I think she'd been sick for a while. Um, most of the younger people will know her from, um, a Family Guy clip where, um, Carol Channing is playing a celebrity boxer. But there was so much more to this woman. You know, she, um, she started in Gentlemen Prefer Blondes on Broadway. Um, she did some TV. She did a lot of game shows. Um, I'm pretty sure her and Betty White were friends at one point. Um, and we need to make sure Betty's okay because we cannot lose all of our legends at once. Thank you very much, 2019. We cannot allow you to take them from us. Um, what we do know about her death is she died peacefully. And I think that's really the most important thing. Um, you know, jokes and everything aside about wanting a dramatic death and all that, I don't think I would ever want to watch someone I love die. Um, you know, it's it's just... It's so sad. Um... And yes, that is going to lead us into our next segment. But right now, I just want to say, rest in peace, Carol Channing. Thank you. Thank you for all that you brought us. I'm going to go and I'll be back. Okay, so I just want to... Um, I feel like I really need to say this. This is not the segment that was originally going to come up. Um, but the segment I was originally going to do... Um, as I was thinking about it, talking about Carol Channing, it, it, it seemed inappropriate, so I changed my mind. Um, the person I was going to talk about is a celebrity, but he's also dealing with something very tragic, and um, I don't want to be that person. Like, salacious gossip, yes, I will be there all day, every day, but I never want to add to someone's pain. Um, Meaning, especially when you're such a human face, you know, if someone's cheating, if, if someone did something bad, that's one thing, like, all day long we will be there. However, um, in, in this case, no one did anything wrong, I just wanted to talk about something that's not really for me to talk about, so we're not going to talk about it. Um, I'm really sorry... To have pumped you guys up like that, and 
and introduce that segue and then change my mind, but I have to follow my conscience on this one, and I think I made the right decision. And speaking of making decisions, <clears throat> what we are actually going to talk about is bars. <laughs> I know. Imagine that. A podcast called Drunk Gossip Talking About Bars. But here's the thing. Bars in New York City are different than just about anywhere else in this world. Except for maybe um, Los Angeles um, and London. And London, I think, is a little shaky. Um, here in New York, bars, bar reputations are not made on the drinks. <clears throat> of course, you know, a good drink helps. Reasonably priced will get you get people in the door, but it won't keep a bar open. You need to either be historic, like the Stonewall Inn, or you need to be trendy and hip with the celebrities. And Rihanna is known for going to the trendiest and hippest bars. Um, on Monday, she went to Las Lap. On the Lower East Side of the city. And Las Lap is a rum bar. Not rumba. Rum bar. Um, and, she, you know, she was just there dancing and having fun. And she, no one even knew it was Rihanna. And this has happened before. Um, I was at Club Coming, which is also on the Lower East Side. And Megan Trainer was there, and I had no idea. Um, we just, you know, we all watched a show, danced around, and had a lot of fun. And <clears throat> um, for those of you that, that don't know, Club Cumming is owned by actor Alan Cumming. So there's a little panache there that automatically comes in. Um, Anderson Cooper's ex-boyfriend owns a gay bar over in Hell's Kitchen um, called Therapy. Or at... I don't remember if he owns Therapy or Atlas or both. Um, But Anderson Cooper was seen going in there in both bars quite a few times. Um, But in any case... It's really fun. Like, Rihanna has this weird thing right now where um, she's suing her dad for misuse of the Fenty trademark and lying to people saying that he's in business with her. So it's nice to see that she is also going out and enjoying herself and not stressing herself out too much. I People are going to give me crap for that and say, you know, she's a millionaire many times over. It doesn't matter if you have $100 million dollars or one dollar. Sometimes you need to go out and dance the night away. And in case you guys were wondering, this trendy sort of celebrity was at Duplex on Saturday night, dancing the night away. So there you go. We also started at Stonewall, but Stonewall is always going to be there because it's Stone fucking Wall. I'm going to go and help you right back. And back. And we're going to do some more drunk award talk. So, a lot of people are wondering 
how Roma um, is such a hot Oscar um, Oscar baiting movie because it's a Netflix production and um, it's already on Netflix so how could it possibly ever win an Oscar here's the thing the Oscars are a little bit behind the times but they're trying to catch up um so uh before your Netflix subscription starts to cost you more let me um walk you just through real fast how this works so in order for a movie to be considered um for an Oscar the very first thing it has to do is it has to be more than 40 minutes long. Which, with today's movie, is not very hard at all. In fact, I can't think of one... I mean, outside of short films, I can't think of one that's been under an hour and a half. Um, I'm sure there has been, I just can't think of it. <coughs> um, secondly, it has to have had its public premiere in a movie theater during the calendar year. So January 1st to December 31st. And actually, I don't think the... um, I don't think the actual premiere can happen on the 31st. I think it has to happen before that. Um, For some reason, I thought Christmas Day was the cutoff. Um, I, I could be wrong, and I'm not going to deny that, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that um, almost all of the Oscar baiting movies are always out before then. Um, before the end of the year. And the last thing is it has to play for one solid week in a movie theater that you have to pay to see that movie. This is where Netflix sometimes gets in a little trouble. Because they do, they release their movies, they'll do a movie theater run, but it's very limited because they're not in the movie business to make money. They're not in the movie business to make box office money. They're in the movie business to create assets to make their main product more lucrative. And uh, with that, I want you to think about like, um, Oh, I can't think of this, the name of the stupid movie with Will Smith. Um, but there was a... Earlier in 2018, I believe, there was a dumb sci-fi movie with Will Smith that was just super popular. Like, so popular that they greenlit a sequel right away for it. Um, and the, it, they did the same thing with Bird Box. Um, Bird Box got a was released in theaters. Um, you had to pay to see it. But it was also released day and date on the on the service. That was so that they could qualify it for some Oscars. Um, outside of Best Actress and maybe set design, I'm not sure what they're actually gonna get, but I know that was the plan. <coughs> Sorry about that. Um 
with all that being said, though, let us not forget that the brilliance of Netflix is they disrupt things. They disrupted how we watch TV. Um, they, they're disrupting how movies are released and talked about. So the Oscars are going to have to play catch-up to them. Um, Amazon plays by the rules. Um, they leave their, their movies in the theaters um, for a while. <coughs> um, because they do want to make money off them. They do want to make some box office money. Um, I don't know exactly how much they get or anything like that, but I mean, Manchester by the Sea made it a, a ton of money for them, and it won um, Casey Affleck the Oscar, um, and won a couple of other Oscars too, I believe. So as this as the streaming services start to really up their game, we're gonna see Warner Brothers and Disney and. Um, Sony struggling to keep up. Not only because Netflix and um, Amazon and Apple all have very deep pockets, but because they're working more towards a system of just having content on their on their streaming service, and they're not necessarily worried about making a huge amount at the box office, we're going to see some really different results come out. I'm going to go, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. Um, hopefully I don't cough this time. But, you know, I probably will, because that just seems to be my luck. Um, the old... Tea with honey trip did not work for me today. I'll probably try it again just because I never met, I never learned my lesson the first time. <laughs> so speaking of not learning from your past mistakes, um, yesterday we talked in the Drunk Awards segment, we talked about Lady Gaga and her pulling Do What You Want her collaboration with R. Kelly. And she replaced it with a version she did with Christina Aguilera. And I think I mentioned at the time of her collaboration with R. Kelly, um, like, it was a really big deal. Um, he joined her on Saturday Night Live. They performed it live together. Um, there was supposed to be a video and a single... And then, all she tweeted was something... I don't remember the exact words because it was a long time ago. But she tweeted out something like... <clears throat> it sucks when you think you know someone and you work really hard on something. And it just doesn't um, end up going the way you want it to. So, um, plans for that to become a big single. Which probably would have been a number one for her. Um, that's just, I think that's just a reality that we, we need to face here. Anyway, so she pulled it, um, she replaced it with the Christina Aguilera version, which seemed to please a lot of people. 
So now, <coughs> so now we're we're dealing with um, Post Malone, who says he won't, he wants to pull any hit the clubs that he's done with R. Kelly, and the Pussycat Dolls also want to pull their collaborations with him. And I get the gesture. It's good PR. It really is great PR to do this right now. But here's the thing. You were... Some of these people were asked to to contribute to the docuseries Surviving R. Kelly. Every single one of them declined except for John Legend. I'm going to repeat that. Not because I had to clear my throat, but I just think the emphasis needs to be there. Every single celebrity declined to appear on Surviving R. Kelly, except for John Legend. Now, why is this important? It's not like these rumors and allegations have not been around for a long time. They have. They've been around for a very long time. Um, you know, there was a girl who accused him of peeing on her and getting off on that. This is not an attempt to kink shame. This is an attempt to point out these artists knew what they were doing. They knew who they were getting in bed with, so to speak. They chose to further their career by collaborating with him. That's all there is to it. That there, there is no argument here. This is what happened. You know, um, some people are going to tell me I'm wrong. Some people are going to insist that their favorite artist didn't know. They knew. If a boy from Michigan knew... If a boy from Michigan heard these rumors, these artists heard that heard it. They knew. <clears throat> and we're not going to get better as a society by overlooking because we love Lady Gaga or because the Pussycat Dolls are just so amazing. We're gonna get better by saying, okay, they knew they made a mistake. Let's not hold it against them. And that's what I would love. I would love just one artist to admit, yes, I knew. I fucked up. And move on from it. Um, you know, in that, Louis C.K. Um, had started out using that technique back when um, his Me Too moment happened. And I honestly believed he was going to be able to stage a comeback. But then he went all racist and horrible and, and killed that. But at least he had the balls to say, yes, I, I, I jerked my dick in front of these people. I shouldn't have done it. I'm sorry. I'm going to go away and I'm going to learn. Hopefully... Some of these people can learn that lesson from him at the very least. And I'm learning to say goodnight. And thank you for listening. 
I'm raising my glass to you and saying cheers.